Welcome to Authors of the Pacific Northwest, where we connect authors with new listeners and provide advice to aspiring authors on the business of writing. I'm your host, Vicki J. Carter. Hi there, podcast listeners. Thank you so much for coming back to the Authors of the Pacific Northwest. And today I am happy to introduce you to a special guest. So as you guys know, I like to bring authors on from the Pacific Northwest region, but I'm reaching out once again a little bit farther out. And so let me introduce you to Roxanne San Jose. So Roxanne, say hello to everyone. Hi, everyone. Thank you for listening today. Oh, we are so happy to have you. So, Roxanne, tell us a little bit about yourself. So, start with what state you live in, because we usually talk about what state everybody lives in in the Northwest. And then give us a little bit of background about you. Um, like, are, do you work? Are you a little bit of background? Um, so, oh, yeah. go ahead and let us know. I am born in the Philippines, but I now live in Las Vegas, Nevada with my family. I work in a slot machine family business. And um, I graduated with a degree in political science in UNLV, or may I say University of Nevada, Las Vegas. And I first self-published my, my book, Anagram, in 2015. And now Time Travel is um, published by Advil Publishing, LLC. Oh, my goodness. You have been a busy girl besides just going to college. You also you self-published a book. You went to school. And and now you have one your a book that's picked up from a, a publishing company. Did I get that all right? <laughs> yes, it did all right. You know, I love going back, uh, going to school actually. Oh, me too. Me too. If you if you've heard anything on my podcast, you know a little bit about me from looking at my website. I work full time as a faculty instructor for a university online. Um, I feel like I'm a, a lifelong learner. I love education. Um, and I went back to school later in life after I had my kids and, and got my education later. So I commend you for doing so much, you know, right up front. That's very the smart plan to do it that way. <laughs> so good job. Thank you. Good job. And so remind, tell me again, you're, you're a political science major. Is that correct? Yes. Fantastic. What a great major. I love that major. And I'm sure that you have been watching, you know, constantly watching the news and see what's happening in our political environment. A lot of fun and interesting things, right? Yes, um, locally and internationally, especially in my home country, the Philippines. Yeah, yeah. So are you still very connected with your Philippine family? Do you go and visit often? Yes, I do uh, once a year. Oh, good for you. Good for you. I have some very good friends that are Philippines and Vietnamese and, um, and, uh, and Thai. And I always are conning them into cooking for me because it's my three favorite foods besides, <laughs> and I love Indian food as well. So um, I'm always asking them, can you cook for me or show me how to cook? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love our Filipino food. Uh, my favorite uh, food was sinigang. It's like basically a pork and a salty soup mixed. Oh together is so delicious and is it super spicy uh sometimes yeah well probably spicy for me <laughs> not for you right <laughs> oh fantastic so let's talk a little bit um so you mentioned that your family you you have a family here that's I did catch quite it kind of broke up a little bit um about what your family is do, has as a job can you tell us what that is again uh, I work in a slot machine uh, family business. It's owned by my father. And oh. um, basically, all my brother and me works with him. Oh, so you're that's why you guys are in the region you're in. Fantastic. Okay. Yeah, perfect. Las Vegas, right? Casino. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we just had friends that went to Vegas, and they were telling us about... Um, 
they went for a honeymoon and they took a four hour helicopter ride to the Grand Canyon. Oh, and yeah, I read about that. Those yeah. advertisements. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so now my husband are thinking that we need to take a trip because I was born in, in Arizona, um, but we left Arizona when I was young. So, and I've never been to the Grand Canyon, um, which Ooh. is a miracle that I've never been. And so <laughs> we've been talking for a long time. And I always thought, you know, I wanted to go down. Um, with horseback or on donkey or mule but now I'm thinking a four-hour helicopter ride is way better <laughs> so it's I think actually faster I guess to get there and yeah. uh, I've been to uh, Grand Canyon many many years ago it's with my uh, grandmother who, mm-hmm. who traveled from the Philippines it's so beautiful it's really breathtaking that's what everybody tells me now my parents went when they first got married they went on their honeymoon and my dad always talks about how he wasn't that impressed by it and I'm like how can you not be impressed by it so I always I always want to go so I think that's going to be our trip sometime in the future so when we go I'll, I'll email you and say hey I might be in Vegas maybe you and I can connect and see each other face to face yeah sure go ahead yeah so let's talk a little bit I, I like to ask a couple of questions that usually I call them my stumper questions because um, they're not ones that I prepared you with. Um, so we as authors are told all the time, you need to be a reader. So tell me what you're reading right now, if anything. Uh, I have the book right here, but I, I just recently uh, finished uh, Don Brown Origin and I'm reading Don Green's Alter, though I'm not sure with the title <laughs> again, it's oh. so something to do with uh, the title is turtles oh okay awesome well i i think our listeners love to hear what our authors are reading because you know we get inspired by what we read and also um it gives everybody another one or two books to add to their reading list my reading list has been growing in last year's with every interview so (laughs) awesome so tell us when you knew where you were an author were you young and were you writing stories or were you being told stories from family members and you felt like you needed to just make sure those stories get um put into writing so tell us tell us how you knew that moment you were a writer um, I, by reading books, actually, since that was our previous discussion uh, earlier, by reading books, uh, because, you know, during that time, I asked myself, what if, we, if I became an author by just reading books? That inspires me to write two books, actually, oh, by, okay. by reading so you have two books published. So you're ahead of me in the game. <laughs> <laughs> well, one is self-published. So no, that's hey. There's a lot of work in self-publishing, as I'm learning, right? So yeah, always, it's, it's very you know uh, you have to be dedicated because you're doing it all by yourself, from editing to cover, book mm-hmm. covers and marketing. Mm-hmm. It's all about you doing it. Like you have to really put yourself into yep. like exactly, and you have to keep. I keep telling everybody so. Let me back up a little bit. My listeners know this, but you might not know this. The genesis of this podcast was because I had been writing kind of in secret, not telling anybody but my husband, that I had been writing for over 20 years or 25 years. And um, and then decided, you know, I've come to a place in my life where either I was going to start a doctorate program, which I wasn't mm-hmm. sure that was going to work towards anything in my life, but I wanted to do something. Our kids are grown. Um, or... And my husband, you know, I was kind of contemplating what to do. My husband was like, why don't you just write? You have so many stories. You're such a good author. Just write. So I started looking into it. And Roxanne, I found out that self-publishing was like this big new thing, right? Just this last year. 
And then I started to ask authors, you know, what are you doing? And then I'm like, this is such great information. I need to do a podcast. I didn't know anything about podcasts. I absolutely love podcasts, but I didn't know how to do one. (laughs) And so so I told my husband, I said, I'm going to do this. So all that to say, to bring it back to you, you know, it comes from this place of saying, yes, I'm going to do this. I don't know, maybe don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to jump in and do it, right? (laughs) Like whatever you want to do in life, just do it. Be passionate about it, which you are. I mean, I don't even know what the broad broadcast is until I, I market my books. Really. Yeah. Yeah. And and so listeners, so you know, um, Roxanne actually found me. I didn't go looking for her. As you guys know, I hunt down authors often to bring on the podcast, but Roxanne found me and yeah. she and she she emailed me and said, Hey, I want to be on your show. And for me, I'm like absolutely excited to bring an author on that is looking for the place to share themselves with listeners. So I'm very happy you found us. And that that comes to the place of, you know, you're tenacious. And I like, I like that about authors. Those that that are successful, I feel like if you publish either self-publishing or you get an actual contract with a publishing company, it's because you're saying yes. You're opening yourself and you're saying yes, I'm gonna do this. So Congratulations on your thank two you so And congratulations to your podcast. And thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for being a guest here. I mean, you are really awesome. And oh. I, I love how you did everything. Like you're so you're the greatest host oh. ever. Like thank, thank you. Thank you. That warms my heart. It's been a struggle the last couple months. Um, as you know, I, I had a little bit of a setback and wasn't producing for a while and I almost gave up. I was talking to my husband and said, no, don't give up. I said, I kind of tired of the podcast. You know, I don't know if anybody's listening and he, he just keeps telling me, just keep doing it. It's just good for you. So just keep doing it. So thank you. you know, so whatever makes you happy, whatever makes you yeah. happy. Like, appreciate oh, yeah. Well, let's talk about your writing process. So you were two books in, you self-published one. And then you have another one that you actually was picked up with, you know, a publishing company. So talk with us a little bit about your process from inspiration to publication. Do you have a ritual? Do you have a time you write? Kind of walk us through that. Uh, Basically, uh, what inspires me to write was basically reading books. So when I started writing, I just being creative, like whatever is in my head, I write it down. Like, um, okay, what am I going to write? Uh, science fiction so that's it by being creative is the reason why I write also and um, what makes me successful actually then working with an editor is also very important so very professional about it mm-hmm. and then I'm um, being patient and knowing what uh, what rejections means in life I mean even though you, you get rejected from publishers it's fine as part of life and then you know someday or soon you will be you will get um an offer from a publisher. So patience, um, being creative, and um, always be inspired by reading books is the reason why I am here right now. Oh, I love that. That's, those are three fabulous, fabulous pieces of advice for me and for anybody else that's listening. So Roxanne, when you, when you decided to self-publish, did you know anything about self-publishing or, or how did you land into that idea? Did somebody tell you about it? <laughs> Oh, no, I was just, okay, after getting that rejection, but it's like almost giving up because I don't have that much time anymore to to send it to a publisher. So I was like, okay, this is the easy way to get published. It's self-publisher. So basically, uh, I was in a hurry and I just want to 
to have my book done. Fantastic. I love that. Very good. So when you when you did the your creative part of your first book, when you did the self-publishing, um, did you create the cover design yourself? Did you go out and find an artist to help you? Uh, no, I created it my, on my own. Oh, I love that. That's fantastic. It's fantastic. Now let's jump fast forward just a little bit. So you had the experience of self-publishing and then your second book has been picked up. So tell from a publishing company, tell us the difference of how that operated. Did, um, was, do you think it's because you had a self-published book already out that maybe the next book was picked up or, or kind of talk us through the, the difference between it? Uh, the difference between it is uh, I just wanted support. Mm-hmm. on my marketing part so that's why I, I tried like uh why not a traditional publisher and I don't want too much work on the front cover because the difference between that and the self-publisher you have to do everything on your own and um I was like why I need support so that's why I choose a traditional publisher which I'm happy that they accepted me Oh, so fantastic. So, so, um, with that support are, are, do you feel like with this next book that's coming out, you still have to put a lot of work into it as far as marketing or is it less? Because I hear from both sides, from people that are traditional published, there's like you do as an author, you still have to go out and do quite a bit of work. Um, but do you feel like it's going to be less for you? It's going to be less because they're also going to do their own marketing of my book, but I have to still be more, be active on it. Yeah. Like out of the 10, the both of us traditional and um, me, I have to do like six, six out of 10 of me marketing. And gotcha. Four. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's a little less, but there's still as authors, I'm learning regardless of what you do, self-publishing or you get picked up with a traditional publishing house, you still need to be in the game. You can't just expect somebody else to do it for you. <laughs> That's true. Um, actually, they already emailed it to me like, OK, we're going to do this marketing for you, but you have to also put in effort to market your book. Well, see, now I like that idea. Um, I, I'm a self-proclaimed control freak. So <laughs> I tend to like to lean towards the self-publishing. And I think I'll probably eventually self-publish sometime in my life. I'm going to go both routes. I'm going to see what works, you know, kind of like you. Um, I'm working on my first novel. And it's a, Yay, I'm happy uh, for you. Thank you. It's my first novel in a series of three. And I already have them oh, all mapped okay. out and almost all written. My first novel is... I would say three-fourths done, and I'm working with a really strong writer's group. Now we're working through reading it. They're all published authors or have been published authors, different amounts of publishing. So they're an amazing group of people to work with. And three having a critique partner so you can, you know, add more insights from your work. I love that having critique partners slash Delta readers. They're doing great. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. So, so did you? How did you get your beta readers? Did you do it online? Uh, no, I didn't. Sadly, I didn't have beta readers. I went straight to an to an editor. Actually, oh, okay, okay. And how did you find your editor? Did you did you solicit them? Find them somehow? Was there a resource you used? Um, I found them. I searched them online based on the the kind of fiction that they trying to edit and their the prices. So I went to a cheaper yeah. uh, editor. And, uh, but she's really, really fast. I mean, she can do the work in like one week. 
Oh, that's fantastic. So do you feel like, and I ask this question a lot of authors, do you feel like the money was worth it for you to have an editor? Oh, yes, it was worth it because they change a lot of your grammar mm-hmm. and your sentences structure. So it's really, really beneficial to me. Fantastic. That's that's great. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Well, I feel like you're a super success story. And mm-hmm. I, I love to hear, you know, because you, you're, you've done both, right? And that's fantastic. So hearing both sides is really, really great. So why don't we go into, let's set the stage for you, what book you're going to read. Tell us a little bit about it. Um, but before we do that, I don't want to neglect. Tell us the titles of both books and the genre, and then set us up the stage for the one you're going to read from. And I'm going to go quiet so that you can read. Okay. Uh, my first book is Anagram. It, it was published in 2015. It's available on Amazon. And my second book, which I'm going to read today, is called Time Travel. It's available on my uh, publisher's website, www.adville-publishing.com. And um, you can search for it. And uh, right now I'm going to read uh, two pages of Time Travel, which is a science romance novel. Okay, chapter one. Crack. The sound of metal in the time machine grew as Andrea Thompson turned it to the left with her ratchet. Well done, she murmured to herself. Standing up, she typed in the places and year in the time machine remote control to test it. The six-foot black octagon-shaped time machine lifts up and opens its door. Angelie smiled and said to herself, someday I'll use you again. Then she headed to the table where her best in science award and her fifth grade last semester report card was to study her notes. Time machine notes. Step one, or number one, make sure the red wires are connected to the blue wires. Two, Buttons for the dates and places in the time machine remote control must be connected to the time machine so it can transport in the correct time. Three, time machine remote control must have battery. Four, no injury. And did review the nose and stretch her arms to ease the muscle cracks there? Well, everything seems fine. As she looked back at the time machine, she heard a knock and turned to the door. John Salvador, her boyfriend, stood before her and he held up a steaming cup towards her. Honey, here's your cappuccino to keep you functional. He kissed her on the lips. Page two. Um, she replied, thanks, honey, as she took the drink and sat. He grabbed a chair and sat next to her, then glanced at the time machine notes. Did you finish your work? Anjali replied, I think so. All the wire seems to be in place and transportation to the dates and places are working properly. He looked at the nose and stood up. Walking towards the time machine with a look of seriousness, he said, I guess you're ready. She glanced over his shoulder to smile back at her. Do you want to catch a movie to relax or what? But it's the 2015 movie of the year. Um, and it is shook her head in response. I don't think so. Do you want to try it out? With a pause. Do you think it will work? He walked over to the time machine and stood beside her. She asked, so do you want to go to the year 3050 to see what the future looks like? She grilled, definitely. She typed to 3050 under the year in the time machine control and the door opened. 
John's eyes widened. Whoa. The time machine, they in, they entered the time machine nervously, stood still, and held the handle on the side. The machine cast a white smoke inside, blinding them temporarily, a signal that it transferred them to the year 3050. Inside the time machine, they remained nervous as they did not know what lie ahead of them. After 10 minutes, the time machine automatic slide door opened behind the tree, allowing them to see cars that could fly. The people were dressed in odd shorts. There, there were also robot, robots, robotic animals talking to each other and no pollution in the air. The water were crystal clear. The road made of metal and buildings filled with glass. That's it. Oh, how exciting. I want to go into the future too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like I want to see like the next big iPhone, like, iPhone 30, 50, probably. Exactly, exactly. And, he, and here's one of my things. I love the fact that you said that the air was clear, you know, that that's yeah. that's a good sign in your book that, you know, <laughs> that the climate was good. <laughs> yeah, no pollution in the air. <laughs> oh, how wonderful. Well, bravo. Well, readers, I hope, I mean, listeners, I hope you are um, intrigued by Roxanne San Jose. Make sure you get on the show notes and um, find her website so that you can go and purchase this book. And so Roxanne, why don't you take us out of the podcast with two tips for authors like me that haven't published yet? What's your two top tips for us? Uh, Be creative and work hard. Oh, I love it. Be creative and work hard. Okay, I'm going to write that on my whiteboard from, <laughs> from Roxanne. So thank you, Roxanne, so much for being here. And I appreciate you being on the show. And when you write your third book, we'll bring you back on. Thank you so much again. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope you enjoyed the episode as much as we did. Follow us on social media and sign up for our newsletter, where you can be entered automatically each month to win a signed free copy of a book from an author that's appeared on the podcast. You can find out more at our website, www.squishpin.com. And finally, if you're an author in the Pacific Northwest and you would like to appear on the show, you can find out more on our website. So until next week, I hope you enjoy the journey. This is Vicki J. Carter signing off.